Hello dealers, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for joining us for the latest edition of our Rural Lifestyle Dealer Podcast Series. Our topic today, hiring service technicians. We're talking with Sarah Hay of Bob Clements International. Sarah is a regular contributor to Rural Lifestyle Dealer and works directly with dealers on this particular issue among many others. In our discussion, she breaks down the who, what, and where of hiring service technicians. The who refers to the kind of position you should be hiring for. The what is determining what to pay your new service tech. And the where is all about new places to uncover solid applicants. We start off the discussion with a frank look at why this issue is so draining for dealers. Well, Sarah, I know that this is a topic that you talked about a lot at, at BCI is the challenge of finding and keeping technicians and dealerships of all sizes have this have this challenge. And can you just talk from your work with dealers, just kind of what kind of drain that this is putting on dealers nationwide? Yeah, of course, Lynn. So I think when we work with dealers and what we see as we continue to walk alongside dealers as they're trying to find and hire technicians, there's three main things that we see time and time again that is the real drain on a dealership. So the first thing is time. So if a person, an owner or manager is continually trying to find and hire and keep good technicians, their time is in the middle of it. You know, I was just at a show recently and was talking with a dealership owner and he was sharing that the way that he does technician training and when he finally finds and hires it is he's out in the shop with them for solid eight plus hours training them. And so he puts all of this time into actually their training But if he has to go back and try to find and hire someone who leaves or whatever that looks like in his dealership specifically, it's a huge drain on time because most of the dealers who are very successful finding hiring the right technician, which I think is a really important point is it's the right technician we're looking for for our shop, spend a lot of time to make sure that they're bringing the right person in. You know, I think the other thing we see in regards to a drain is with your customers, because if you are not able to fulfill the work that you have coming in your shop consistency consistently, there's an issue with your customers and their loyalty. Because if you sit there and you say they need their equipment back so that they can take care of their lawn or whatever it looks like um, for them, there's an issue with loyalty because they're just going to go to the next place who can actually take care of them in a timely manner. So I think time their customers and their loyalty, and then the money. Like, there's a drain on resources and the view of money because you've got lost customers and lost time. And as a result, you've got lost revenue potential. So when we look at this issue from a 30,000-foot views perspective, it is a real issue for dealerships across the country. Again, I was at another meeting just recently and they were talking about finding and hiring people there. And I was visiting with some dealers after this session um, that the, the manufacturer had done. And they said, you know, Sarah, they were talking about how do we deal with, you know, all of these resumes and all of these applications that are coming in and how do we lead through candidates? And they're like, Sarah, I'm lucky if I just get one application in for a technician or one application in for someone in my service department, much less having to go through all of these different positions uh, or all these different people who are applying. And so I think as an owner or a manager, what we have to understand is that it's so important that we focus on making sure that we are 
finding and hiring the correct people, but the drain on the dealership and the resources of time, energy, and your customers is significant as we look at this problem from a, from a high-level perspective. I can imagine the frustration out there, especially with the thought that, you know, finding the right one and then getting that right one to apply. So, um, and I know also that we've had this discussion with dealers and, and a poll about it regarding just setting the pay, which is, mm-hmm. you know, so critical to, to having that right technician apply. So, you know, what are you uh, telling dealers in terms of how they determine, you know, before they put out that, that, um, that you know, call for applicants, what are they setting for their, their pay? Yeah, so when, when a dealer puts out information in regards to their job description for a technician or someone in the service department, we always encourage that they put out a pay range with that job posting. So we think it's like when you're going fishing and you throw out your fishing pole or your hook and there's actually some bait on it, that's what putting a pay range on a job description or a job posting does for us in our service department. So we highly recommend that they do this. But what we see in dealerships who are successful is that when you are determining what you can pay your technicians, you can pay them 30% of your effective labor rate for an A-level technician. So if you have an effective labor rate of, let's use easy math here, Lynn, I'm from Missouri, so we got to keep it pretty simple. But let's say we have $100 an hour effective labor rate, just for the sake of simplicity. So if we can pay 30% of our effective labor rate for an A-level technician, that means the most we can pay them. So with bonuses and everything else that goes into their pay, uh, this is not insurance, this is not uniform expense, none of that, but their actual pay with bonuses and their base pay, we can pay them $30 an hour. So as we look at this, and and we look at this issue of people not being able to find and hire good technicians, I would say one of the things from a dealer principal or a service manager perspective that we have to focus on is making sure that our effective labor rate can actually support the people we're trying to hire. There is nowhere in the country that you are going to find a quality A-level technician for $20 an hour. With the way the economy is and the way that the job market is, it's just not going to happen. And so we have to make sure that our labor rate is set at a place that we can afford to hire an A-level technician. That's how we set our labor rate. Ford, the big manufacturer Ford, spends millions and millions of dollars every year to help their dealerships determine what their labor rate should be by area. And what we've seen dealers do as they've kind of understood what the labor rate for their area should be is looking at the local Ford dealer, Chevy dealer, whoever's right around them, and then taking about $10 off their labor rate. And that's what we see a lot of effective dealerships doing in regards to setting their labor rate. Because so many times, We have dealerships, they get into this little area, they call everybody else around them who is a dealer and they say, hey, what's your labor rate? Like, what are you charging right now per hour in your shop? And they go, oh, this is what it is. And so when they do that, we call that pooling ignorance, Lynn, because everybody's calling each other, trying to figure out what the labor rate is and nobody's actually making any progress. But Ford has it figured out. They set their labor rate based on what it costs to hire a technician. And so we have to start taking that mentality and we've got to use it as the bait on the hook 
when we're looking for finding and hiring good people because we're not going to find and retain good people for the bare minimum. It's just not going to happen. People understand their value now more than ever, especially in these technical careers. And if we are not there to meet them um, where they're expecting that money to be at, they're just going to go to the next dealership down the road because somebody else will be willing to pay them what they think they're worth. And that pay is so important for that longevity as well. As If a technician, like you said, an A-level tech is seeing something that can be a career, you know, you're right away, you're saying this, setting the standard that you want them to be there a long time. That's, ex- that's exactly right. And when we can take that and, and say, you know what, we do want you, we're going to invest the money that you need to see in this position. And we're going to set you up with a great bonus structure, whatever it looks like for that p- particular dealership, you will see that consistency and you will see a, a technician or someone in the service department continuing to stay with them long term because it takes so much time energy and money to find and hire good people. So if we can simply make sure that we are getting the good people from the get-go, it will save the dealer principal or the service manager, whoever's doing the hiring, so many headaches down the road. So in addition to this idea of of pay and uh, maybe setting the wrong pay based on um, calling around to other dealers, what what other mistakes do you see happening out there when it comes to hiring technicians? You know, I would say the number one mistake I see as people are trying to hire technicians is simply they're maybe hiring for the wrong position in the service department. So when we look at the service department, we have six different positions we look at. But when a owner manager or service manager, whoever it is, starts feeling pain or they start feeling like they're behind in the service department, they go, oh, no, no, no. Here's what we need to do. We need to add another technician and preferably an A-level technician. Okay, finding A-level technicians are like finding magical unicorns in the desert. Like, I mean, it's, it's not impossible. I guess it would be hard to find a magical unicorn in a desert. That'd probably be impossible. But it's almost an impossible task because, like we were saying before, the really good people are already hired. And so in a service department, the number one mistake is that as an owner or a manager, you have your sights only set on bringing on an A-level technician. But if you can look at your service department more holistically and say, maybe what I need, maybe our issue with our backlog and equipment or our turnaround time is not that I need another technician or an A-level technician. Maybe I need to bring in a service coordinator. Now, a service coordinator is someone who cleans off the equipment. They set up the equipment for the technicians and help with triage. They're the ones who keep our parts process moving really seamlessly throughout the shop. And so if they said, okay, if I could take my A-level technician who I'm paying $30 an hour for, and I could hire someone who's, you know, $15 an hour, who is in there sweeping the floors, helping with the oil, helping with triage, that makes this process go effectively. And I don't have my A-level technician loading and unloading equipment from trailers and all of these other things that typically take up their time. Do I really need another A-level technician? And most of the answer is going to be no. And so if a dealer is in this pinch where they say, I just feel like I cannot keep up with the work coming in and out of my shop. 
maybe the next hire that they need to do is not an A-level technician or even a B-level technician, but maybe it's more of a service coordinator role that they need to be focused on. The thing that is so important about a service coordinator in my mind, especially in this issue as we're looking at finding and hiring technicians, is our service coordinator, the person who's helping with triage, helping with oil changes, and all of these other tasks that allow our technicians to be the surgeons in an operating room, that person is our next B-level technician in training. So as we continue to grow our service department and have a position open for that next B-level technician, we are training this person to fill that spot for us. So we call this hiring low and growing a person into the position that we need them to be in. And so it's a really effective strategy that we've seen in dealerships all across the country that's worked so well. They already understand your process. They already understand what you expect in regards to quality and how you bonus and how every all the equipment moves through your shop. So I would say the number one issue we see in finding and hiring technicians is dealerships are making these hiring decisions is they simply don't know what position they should really be hiring for. We don't need 12 A-level technicians in a shop at any given point of time. Most, most shops really need one A-level technician because they're the ones who are sitting there doing the di diagnostics. They're really great problem solvers. They love puzzles. They love to be able to connect that. It's just, it's not somebody who is the most experienced who gets to be the A-level technician, but it's someone who's a great problem solver. And so we don't need a lot of those people in our shop. We need a good amount of B-level technicians, which are going to be a little easier to find than our A-level technicians. But a service coordinator can take the place um, and help with the capacity in the shop in so many shops across the country. And I know you talk a lot about processes. And so so part of determining that, uh, you know, what level you need is, is really going through your processes. Is that right? And, and seeing where, where some of the bottlenecks are or limitations are? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we say, Lynn, that... Typically, the first position you need to hire is a technician. So if you're just starting out in a brand new shop, you need a technician. That's the first, the first thing you need. The second position I would always hire is a service coordinator. So that is position number two that I would always hire in a service department. But it's about the process. And it's about saying, how do I make my technician's time most efficient? Because you're able, in, in my hypothetical example here, we're able to make $100 an hour from this A-level technician that we hired. And if we understand that, we, we don't want them sweeping the floor. We don't want them emptying oil. We don't want them, you know, taking equipment on and off trailers. Like, that's not what we want somebody who can make us $100 an hour in our shop doing. And so when we look at it from that perspective and say, how do we streamline this process enough that we can make the most of that person's time, maybe it is mean bringing in somebody who's a lower level person to take care of the mundane things of sweeping a shop and emptying oil and helping um, take off, take equipment off trailers and things like that. But it's all about the process. You're exactly right. Let's take a quick break for a recap of some key points. Sarah Hayes says that dealers need to be willing to pay to recruit an A-level technician and that range can be figured at 30% of your effective labor rate, including bonuses, but not insurance. And as you look at who you need to hire, you may be able to improve your service department's profitability 
by first hiring a service coordinator. This position supports the shop, but is not a technician, at least not at the outset. With training and experience, they could become at least a B-level tech. Now let's continue with our discussion about where to find applicants who are looking for what you can offer them. Okay, so we've we've looked at you know what to pay, who to hire, and uh, and I know the the next huge topic is just the where. Hmm. So so where are dealers being successful in in finding these applicants? You know, isn't that the question of the hour? Where do I actually find these? Sarah, you say it's not like finding a magical unicorn, but I am struggling to find it. It's just like the dealers I was talking about earlier on, who at the meeting said, Sarah, like I maybe get one application, what do you actually do uh, to find these? But, you know, as we come alongside our dealers and our dealer success groups on finding and hiring technicians, it's one of the things that we help them with. We have a lot of success on job boards. So I know a lot of people are like, Sarah, we've tried the job boards and they're just not working. Well, the thing we've got to understand about effectively using job boards, so I'm talking about Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Monster, all of that. We actually have probably the most luck on an Indeed uh, internally. But what we see is that a search engine or like a, a, a online job board is simply a search engine. So it's no different than when you're using search engine optimization, or you may have heard your website people talk about it as SEO, so search engine optimization on your website. So for like Google, when you type in best place to get a burger in your town, all of the things on your website actually feed into that search result. And so a job board is exactly the same. So when we have success, with job posting specifically for technicians, we know that we have to have lots of terms that are similar, but are not exactly the same, okay? So if we know that we are looking for an A-level technician, for example, we know that on that job posting, we can't just say A-level technician. We need to have the words like auto in there because if somebody comes in and searches auto, we want their our job posting to come up to the top of their search. And so if we can put other terms that are related but not the same into our job posting, it helps our search come up to the top. The other thing I would encourage is that the older a job posting gets on a job board, the further down it's going to go. And we never know when somebody's getting ready to move across country with their family. We never know when somebody decides Today is the day I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired at my current position, my current dealership, and I'm ready for something different. And so if you are not getting the results you are wanting, I would encourage you once a week to take down the job posting and re-put it back up because that takes you right back to the top of the job board and allows you to start seeing some progress. The other places that we've seen um, dealerships be really successful with finding and hiring, finding technicians um, number one, truck drivers who are wanting to get off the road, okay? So there may not be exact crossover on the position. They may not come in knowing everything they need to know about servicing the equipment that you service, but they are used to dealing with machinery. They are used to being able to do simple fixes on their own, maybe some more complex at times. And if they're there and they're saying, I want, I'm ready to get off the road, I want to spend time at home with my family, this may be an incredible opportunity for them. So we've seen that. Again, people coming out of the military um, are really great ones too. We have 
we were just talking about this recently with parts and we see this with parts as well. But on the parts side, if somebody, we have people in the military who are, in, who are completely responsible for doing inventory in giant warehouses. That's like their entire job. And so if we look at that correlation and say, hey, they have that opportunity in our parts department, the same holds true on the technical side. We were recently uh, just helped a dealership hire someone who came out of the military and they were on the combat zone. So when a piece of equipment would go down, their job was to be the technical person to go retrieve the equipment in a combat zone. So as Bob was helping with the interview and the first initial conversations with this person, um, he said, so you think you could handle pressure just as a joke because he was the one who literally was in the middle of the combat zone. So we were confident that he was going to be able to handle the pressure of season if he could retrieve uh, equipment out of combat zones. And so I would just say, look in different industries that may not be that exact same fit that you are needing because we know that when we are finding and hiring good people, we can hire someone who has the right attitude and teach them the skill if they have that natural inclination. But you can't teach the attitude. So if they come in and they're like, I hate life. I don't want to work here. I can't believe I'm only here for a paycheck. When's my first vacation day? Like, you're not going to change that person. And they're just going to be a drain in your service department. They're going to make everyone else's lives, including yours, miserable. And so we have to find the people who have the attitude and have the basic understanding of the skill sets we need. But what the manufacturers are doing in regards to technical training anymore is incredible. It, you know, over the last 10 years, there has been such a huge focus from the manufacturers. And so your manufacturers will have technical schools to send these people to. And I encourage you to do it. Like I encourage you to take advantage of those times because we can train skill, but we can't train attitude. So when we have these nets that we're throwing out, for lack of a better analogy, trying to find someone to fit into our department, our dealership, it's important to keep our mind open and say, who has similar skills that would, would be excited to be a part of what we are doing in our dealership? When you started off the discussion, you talked about the idea of, so you find that person and, and uh, you put all this time into training them. Mm-hmm. And um, so, uh, of course, retention is, the, is the, the critical component, the last part of this uh, discussion. So what are the hurdles people, uh, dealers, are, are encountering regarding retention? How are, they, how are they making it work and keeping those good technicians when they find them? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think as we sit right now um, as a industry and as a dealer base and as we're looking at the technicians, I think our probably our biggest hurdle to keeping technicians is the economy. Now, I don't mean that in a negative way. I think, I, you know, I think we hear all of this that the economy is starting to turn and that's just not what I'm seeing right now, especially in the dealership world. Because you, when you look at the employees in the dealership and their willingness to go to another dealership who pays them a dollar more an hour, it tells you that they are pretty confident in the economy. And so we have seen a lot of dealerships and, and technicians in particular right now who are willing to jump ship for very little money. And so I feel like as we look at the economy as a whole, especially in the dealership world, 
the employees in the dealership are very feeling very confident because people are willing to make changes. Now, on the flip side, that means that as our dealers are finding and hiring people, that they may have more left because people are willing to make changes. So it goes both ways. But I would say as we focus on how we can retain these people, number one, we just have to ask good questions and listen to their answers. If a technician, you, you say, hey, what, what could I do to make your life better as a technician? What could I do to make your job more enjoyable as a technician? And they say, you know what? It's really hot in the dealership in the summer. In our service department, we don't have any air conditioning. We don't have any fans. And, you know, it's, it's really hard to work in here in the summer. My job would be so much more enjoyable if we had some sort of air movement in the shop. Okay, so this is something that dealerships all across the country struggle with. As a service manager, if you have a technician come up to you and say that, you've got to ask yourself the question, is it worth it that if a dealership down the road came over to, to this technician and said, I'll pay you a dollar more an hour, and we have fans in our service department, that they would leave? Is it worth losing a high-level technician because of a dollar more an hour and a fan? No. So I encourage dealerships and owners and managers to simply ask the question, what would make your job more enjoyable? But I think that the number one thing we see, Lynn, in regards to the struggle that many dealers face in retaining the people they have in their service department is that the manager of the service department simply was a technician who continued to have uh, time invested in the dealership, and they finally said, all right, we need a service manager, you're it. And the thing with technicians is that many times they're a technician because they don't like to interact with people. So we took our best technician who was generating us more money for the dealership than ever before, and we moved them into a manager role where they have to do all day is deal with people, which is most of the time why they're a technician in the first place is because they don't want to deal with people. And so if we are not training our service managers to truly coach our people and to develop our people and to run the service department in the right way, they are going to be the reason that the most technicians are going to leave. They're going to be the biggest hurdle if they're not truly managing and coaching their people to keeping and retaining good technicians. I mean, the question I would ask, and I do ask over and over again is, would you work for yourself as a manager? Would you be excited every day to come in and have you be your own manager? If the answer is no, and you keep losing technicians and you keep struggling to find and retain good people, the, the answer may be in the mirror. And I don't mean to be so harsh, but, but it really may be. It may be the reason that you're struggling so hard to retain good people is because you are not doing a good job managing your people and coaching your people and developing your people because people truly want to work for someone who is excited and motivated and keeps them excited and motivated about what they're doing. But as we look, Lynn, at the future of the service department, here's what I know. I know that we're going to continue to have this incredible need for these skilled people, for these skilled technicians who are going to continue to move our dealership further and further. But I also see dealerships understanding the importance of having the processes. And the cleaner your processes are, the more excited you're going to have technicians who are excited to come and work for you. Because 
technicians in their nature don't like chaos. They like to have a process they can follow and they like to be able to fix problems and they don't want to live in that chaos. And so as we see dealerships continuing to refine what they're doing in their service department and implement and create process for their service department, we see that it becomes easier for them to find technicians and they're able to retain their technicians and and they really become long-term employees who generate substantial amounts of income for them as a dealership. Thanks to Sarah Hay of Bob Clemens International for breaking down ways to tackle the challenge of finding and hiring service technicians. You can break through this challenge by setting a fair pay structure, listening to your service techs on ways to make your workplace better, and then using those changes as a way to set your dealership apart. The BCI team promotes processes throughout the dealership and especially in the service department. Take some of Sarah's strategies and turn your hiring efforts into an efficient and effective process. There are good employees out there waiting to join your dealership. Stay tuned for additional podcasts from our experts and dealers. Our podcast is available on Spotify, iTunes, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, and TuneIn Radio. And if you're not yet a subscriber to our print or digital content, head on over to RuralLifestyleDealer.com and join our community. From all of us at Rural Lifestyle Dealer, I'm Lynn Wolf, and thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.